Welcome back to the show. Uh, sadly, we have had some difficulty with some of our cloud service access lately, as well as uh, Riley celebrating his two-year anniversary with his wife, uh, not to mention Labor Day weekend. But uh, we are back and we'll get right into it. So Netflix is basically pawning off the last of their DVD inventory to any remaining subscribers. Uh, starting September 29th, if you rent any DVDs from Netflix... It states that you are under no obligation to send them back and would not be charged for refusing to do so. Uh, Their post Hmm. on X also mentions that any DVD subscribers are eligible to enter for a chance to win an additional 10 movies for you to keep, if you so desire. Pretty cool. So, uh, seems like a nice way to close out that service. Obviously, they're shutting down their uh, DVD subscription service there. But uh, at the same time, it's just a logical way for them not to get stuck with... uh, a multitude of discs that they've acquired over the years. Yeah, it's been a long time coming because everything is like streamed online. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And wh- who, who knew subscribers get to benefit from that? So, yeah, I know. Right. Winning those 10 DVDs. Hey, those could be worth something someday. You never know. <laughs> uh, on the heels of Samsung Galaxy Unfold event in August, we have at least two more much anticipated events coming, yep. both of which are concerning the mobile tech community here in the States. One is right in our sights on the 12th, which is this upcoming Tuesday with Apple's next-gen iPhone event entitled Wonderlust. It's a very interesting name right there. (laughs) Uh, We've covered nearly every rumor and realistic expectations for the iPhone 15s along with some other possible releases. So we talked about USB-C, iPhone battery, a possible update to the camera, um, smaller bezels, yeah, all that kind of stuff. You guys pretty much know it if you've listened to this for the last few months, so... Uh, but yeah, it'll be. In, I'm I'm interested to see. Uh, you know what other stuff. If there's maybe a uh, one more thing, maybe. And that doesn't really lead to the fact that I'm indifferent about the event. It's just kind of I don't know. From what I even from what I've heard, it doesn't really seem all that amazing. So I am kind of hoping for something else that maybe we haven't thought of or hasn't been you know rumored. So. Uh, although the title does kind of leave me a little bit guessing. It is an intriguing title because I would have never thought. Wonderlust. I'm like, I, I wonder what I'm supposed to be lusting. <laughs> no, this actually, you bring up a good, interesting point here real quick that I wanted to mention because I was actually yeah. watching a video by the game theorist. I think I showed you a video of his, uh, Matthew Patterson on YouTube. Yep. And uh, he was talking about YouTube, uh, Disney and the decline of it because Disney literally uploads and puts on so many movies. It's like quantity over quality. Yeah. And they deliver so much content, but it's not that great. And I feel like that's kind of where we are with Apple right now. I kind of harped on it a bit in past episodes. But, you know, we're not as excited as we used to be for Apple events just mainly because they're every year and little by little they add stuff which is fine but you know that's just yeah i mean i i guess i can see where that's going i i i personally wouldn't have put it akin to disney necessarily because i feel like their quality is just downgraded all over the place whereas apple their their quality is still there, but I, I see what you're saying though. It, it kind of does affect the the intrigue, the interest. Oh yeah, I'm not saying Apple's quality is horrible. It's demotivating. Yeah, the the very original iPhone aspect of it all, where yeah. it's it's it has that fresh feel to it. So no, I, I see where you're coming from. But yeah, actually, on a side note, we we had some uh, speculation that there may be some updates to all Apple retail stores that night of the twelfth. Uh, which could imply that we might have some new or revised products ready for availability potentially the next day. Oh, wow. That'd be a first. My guess is that, yeah, 
I think that this is more so in reference to the refreshed USB-C ported AirPods Pro 2s. That's uh, kind of what I'm thinking. Okay. I doubt it would yeah. have anything to do with the iPhones as they have typically been slated for a little bit later after the event versus like the next day. Uh, but yeah, That's that true. is definitely something to uh, detail. So, But you were actually referring to two events and the other one is Google's fall keynote mm-hmm. set to take place on October 4th where uh, we expect to see the Pixel 8 and 8 Pro. And uh, once again, yeah, I, I'm kind of looking forward to Google's event more than Apple's, as I kind of um, hinted yep. at. Uh, as someone who actually is an avid iPhone user, there's just something that intrigues me more about the Pixel line than yes, the iPhone. Yes, 100%. Uh, even though we've had many rumors regarding both next-gen smartphones from the two competitors, that's just kind of where I sit. So I'm not really sure if you have a preference on either event for or for maybe which product you are more excited about, but... I'm definitely well, on the Google side. I just always feel like, at least for Google, the past few years, yes, they release a product yearly, but there's always something that's interesting about it. Like, I, I always want to know, okay, what are they going to add? Even though, as I'll mention here in a, in a bit here, Google has always been known to leak literally everything. But yes. besides that point, um, it's it's just I feel more like guessing and almost a wonder a wonder with that actually uh, yeah. than Apple. So uh, what's product for, I mean, it's basically what we know of rumored. Yeah. Yeah. We don't... For Google, probably obviously the pixel. I really don't know. Yeah. I, well, that's the other thing is like, I feel like they do a better job with integrating some, some of their software to it as well, mm-hmm. because it's not just all revealed on Android 14 with the Google IO. Yeah, uh, you you kind of get to see some of what they've adjusted and how they implement that with you know their Pixel phones too. So I, that's kind of where it comes from as well because they do a great job of integrating the hardware and the software in that event. So I kind of feel like they hold back a little bit on I/O, even though that event is long in and of itself. Yeah. So and I mean we already had the Pixel Fold as well. So it really is just the 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 eight and the eight. Well, yeah. So speaking of you know how we know Google tends to leak things on their own. Uh, Literally with every other company, everyone has to dig through like source codes and, you know, all types of data in the phone to find things. Google just gives it to you. But they've done it again. Uh, In a sighting on the Google Store website, a ex-user by the name of Miskal Rahman, I don't think I pronounced that correctly, uh, says that he spotted an image of the Pixel 8 Pro porcelain variant on the phone hmm. plan section of Google Fi Wireless. In the image, you can actually see a person holding this special model, and this is made even clearer when looking into the image description, and it says, a person takes a call on the Pixel Pro phone in porcelain. Could not be any more clearer. At this point, I am convinced that Google just wants to give us sneak peeks and get users excited for the product, but not want it to make it look like they are giving us sneak peeks to make users excited for their products. Regardless, this does confirm that the porcelain color will be part of the main lineup with the other two, Licorice and Sky. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, thoughts on the Google Leak 8 Pro? So, is the porcelain similar to their their 7 Pro colored snow, or is that like a pretty much? It's a... it's just their okay. white variant, essentially. Yeah. Okay. I wasn't sure if they like changed maybe some reflection or. Yeah, I think it's a little like slightly hint of like brown to it but it's very light so it's so it's, it's probably it might be just like their pixel fold uh porcelain 
color effect. I think that's actually what the article uh, described. Yes. I mean, I'm sure the listeners probably thinking, yeah, that's kind of obvious, but I was, I was just kind of curious. So, but going back to kind of what you were saying, as far as like how you feel like they're intentionally leaking them, uh, it really wouldn't surprise me. This is speculating here. I feel like they went down the road of the iPhone 4S and how Steve Jobs was so ticked off that it was already revealed that they're kind of like, (laughs) well, let's just, that really did gain so much, you know, popularity or not maybe not even popularity, but just traction in the media. Yeah. Why not? Let's kind of like what you're saying is like, why not just get these people engaged a month ahead of time, you know? So I can definitely tell where you're coming from on that one. So, but uh, this is. I really feel like this is like a Google episode, maybe a little bit of Apple in there, but uh, Google is actually working on plans to deliver virtual app access without the need for a virtual machine or virtual desktop on Chrome OS. Hmm. Uh, collaborating with the virtual software company Cameo, Google's efforts to bring desktop apps to Chrome OS is done in a seamless manner from a consumer and user standpoint. This means that you could potentially have application access from contributors or developers like Linux, uh, Software as a Service, and Microsoft with their host of Office Suite programs at your fingertips without having the need for virtual desktop, which I thought was really great. That um, is, yeah. Because I just feel like it would take out so many steps. And um, I mean, obviously, this is up to the developer, but it's definitely a step in the right direction and uh, would essentially reduce the time and frustration to access uh, those applications. So, And there'd probably be a lot of, I mean, you can even imagine how much more things that you can apply that to. Um, yeah, they've kind of opened that portal. So, Yeah, I'll, like massively, yeah. Um, really hope this improves a lot more. Not really much. I don't really have a whole lot to say about that, but it definitely is a really cool spec. Yeah, I mean, we're not Chromebook users, so it's... no. <laughs> No, we're not. It's, it's, it kind of is what it is, but um, I, I've actually tried. I've actually installed Chrome OS on my other laptop, and uh, I like it. But um, yeah, uh, there is a rumor going around from a sketchy article stating that Apple may release a MacBook that is more suited for lower income consumers. Hmm. This would apparently be in a lower price bracket with that of a chromebook ironically <laughs> and from what this yeah and from what this source indicates i don't know it's such a weird speculation quote major suppliers quanta computer and han high precision industry or foxconn show no signs of related activity therefore chances the product would launch in the first half of 2024 are unlikely hmm. these are very broad claims to make and weird ones at that yeah i have a good bit to say to this response in terms of like logistics and reality uh, but I am kind of curious as to what you think of this strange quote unquote report. <laughs> I think it's really, really cool. I like the idea. Oh yeah. No, uh, I the, love the idea. The, the yeah. fact that they can, now I need to reword that because it's, this is just a kind of a report or a rumor, but to speculate the idea of them offering a Mac OS embedded computer at a lower cost would be pretty impressive and you could probably bet that it would be either in M series or uh, you could maybe argue they might put an A series, but I'm kind of skeptical on that one. I was, yeah, I I was actually talking to my wife about this and uh, I said it would probably be the M1 chip because that's normally how they do this type of thing. Like with the SE. Yes. I could see that. Yep. 
or like maybe a dumbed down version of an M1. Yeah, or exactly. Like that, they might they do like an it. M1 light or something like that. Because you know how, yes. like with the SC, they normally have like, a, it's like two chips behind or one chip behind. Uh, yeah. Just because, because I mean, you're paying for a lower price, which makes sense. Um, but uh, yeah, no, I totally agree. Did they say like this would be in the line of like a Mac mini or are we talking higher into like seven or $800? See, that's the thing. The report was very thin Vague. on okay. yeah, information, which kind of shows you just how really mm, unstable and unreliable this this specific article was. Um, I mean, I think it's worth, I, I agree. I, I like the fact that you actually put this on the set list for this show just because um, it's something to consider. And it actually would even beg yeah. the question, is this something that Apple should do? And I would totally agree that they should because yes, I would agree. They, they should definitely do it. A lot of their computers are in that thousand dollar range, especially when it comes to laptops. They're so insane. you would have to be buying a Mac mini to get into there. And I, I'd, I'd love to see something anywhere between four to seven hundred dollars as far yeah. as like a macbook light or something i don't know yeah absolutely but like here's the thing when you make a claim to be in the same sort of pool with chromebooks those things are normally like two hundred dollars i don't see apple making a macbook that's less than 200 no i'm just gonna be straight no. up honest with you probably like maybe six five hundred maybe seven hundred dollars exactly. that seems reasonable but yep. just to say like similar to the positioning of chromebooks like what are you even talking about those things are like used for educational purposes most most of the time yeah. and that's actually what this article indicates is like those things are like mainstream for that where people over major lesser income are able to use those and utilize those in their day-to-day process like for an for a MacBook, you use those for like extreme intense workflow or like yeah. 3D modeling, like heavy uh, video editing, stuff like that. It's just this weird. And this is why I, I feel like this specific article that, you know, the nine to five Mac uh, pull, pulled out here is just so vague and so weird. And the claims that they're making is just like unevidental, if that's even. A well, word, I mean, but. I don't know what else you could actually technically compare it to because what else do you actually have that is in that midstream laptop category that people um, know of that i should you know because i mean probably. it's either you have like these thousand thousand dollar galaxy tabs um or you have like the galaxy books i, I suppose you could do it like that but even then those are you know those a lot of those expensive. are above a thousand dollars so I don't know. Do you actually have a model that you're thinking of that would be in that price range that would be a good comparison that people would know about? Yeah, actually, there's a bit of research I've been doing for my uh, church because we want to get some stuff and we need oh, okay. a new laptop. And I researched this one. It's the HP 15.6 inch Core i5 11th gen laptop. And I know that's a mouthful, but um, it runs the benchmarks for like, I think, 78 percent and it's got thousand gigs of storage, 16 gigs of RAM. It's got that amazing chip in there, and it's like five hundred and sixty bucks. Like that's pretty good, and especially that Intel processor and those six gigs of RAM is going to go a long way. So we're talking mid tier HP stuff, uh, like your laptop that you got originally. Yeah, I, I mean that that that's I can see what you're saying there, and I mean you could probably put that across the board with anything from like maybe ASUS or Dell. Yeah, but I mean that's just the point is like people kind of cater to a specific model so you can't really say like it's an hp 15 dxmc's or something like that i, I think I that's what they were trying a... to do so i think it was more of their way of saying it's a dumbed down macbook or macbook pro that's you know for a, a general lower income yeah. family 
I that that's kind of my take on it. So I may, maybe you you disagree on some level. I'm guessing, but I I kind of understand what you're saying. But they also mentioned quote allowing for a more affordable price aimed at the education market, similar to that position coming. I should have mentioned that before, but I didn't. But it's like their, yeah, their iPads are like the main selling point for educational markets because that's where people mostly use it. They wouldn't really buy a MacBook for education. That's uh, educational. Okay. I can see where you're coming from. But at the same time, I feel like they could uh, utilize the, the cost for components and such that would be typically allocated for the touchscreen of an iPad to do something else on a MacBook. So that's kind of where, because you, you, the touchscreen does cost quite a bit of money when it comes to factoring in that those supply oh, yeah, chains right. and stuff like that. So I kind of see where that is going. But um, I'm actually, this is kind of funny because even though this is such a vague and I'm just going to say it, unreliable article and source. Yeah. Um, it still heightens my interest. So yeah, agreed. For sure. Uh, it's just a lot to consider. Um, there honestly, is, yeah, yeah I, I would love to actually see this be a reality. Oh, same um, here. Absolutely. In, in the future. That way, there's there's, because then you also because you, you mentioned is like there's people that are already kind of set into like Asus, HP, Lenovo, all that kind of stuff. But if you think about it, if you have a laptop that's for that lower income class or whatever that they can afford, you might actually get more users to hop onto that train. Is my MacBook thinking. SE. <laughs> MacBook SE. Yes, that's that's actually what I was thinking. Uh, and this is one of the instances. Normally, we say like whenever Apple adds an extra device to their lineup, like the iPad series, the um, iPhones, iPhones. It's always like too much. I feel like, but I think with laptops that's a little bit different that's on like a whole different spectrum there because i feel like it's already overpopulated anyway so i don't think it matters well yeah and they're yes and they're always they're always so expensive i feel like you do need an se version because that way it's like you have an m1 chip that was released a few years ago i agree a lot more people can get into it and see like hey if this is something might i might be interested in actually upgrading to the main line of the macbooks you know i i i feel like 100% Steve Jobs would if he was here today he would totally be for like releasing something that more people would be able to get into but you know yeah I guess my only question to close out that topic would be kind of it said the educational side of things so it's making me wonder is there going to be some sort of barrier uh, from the main consumer and would this be more so directly associated with schools and universities that's my final thought Could on be. this because the way you word that makes me really wonder. Yeah. Well, the way they word that makes you really wonder. It's like, <laughs> I just, I mean, that was literally coming from the article. So I don't, I don't know, but yeah, it, it is a really interesting thing to think about and to kind of ponder. So, yep. But uh, we'll go ahead and kick off to uh, deals and I'll start off with, actually, I own a Roomba. So uh, this one is the iRobot Roomba i3 Evo. Uh, it's the 3550. So this one actually includes the self-emptying tower that you can get, uh, which sometimes they actually sell that by itself, but which is what I had to do with my i7. Uh, this one yep. is down from 550 to 400. So $150, which is right around uh, 27%. So Sweet. Uh, we also got the Beat Studio Pro. Uh, these actually were uh, just released, I think, recently. That's the, you know, 40 hours of battery life, USB-C, lossless audio, all that kind of stuff. Yep. It's on sale on Amazon for uh, $250 from $350, so that's a $100 price cut right there. 
and I think that's on pretty much any variant color. Yeah, any any variant color that you can get, uh, it still okay, has that hundred dollar cool. price tag. So that's also an ANC model, so that's that's good to have. But moving along here to our mainstream of uh, news, this one is really cool. I. I might think about this, but uh, we've seen a lot uh, from companies regarding handheld uh, devices, uh, specifically consoles. And mm. uh, Nintendo being the first to debut theirs has essentially dominated this area of gaming for a while now. However, I think in my personal opinion, this newest handheld console will be a major game changer and may give Nintendo a run for their money. The hmm. Lenovo Legion Go has been unleashed, and let me tell you, this thing is a monster. Uh, I'll first start with the specs, and I'll kind of explain some interesting features about this, because this is just crazy. It runs an 8.8-inch IPS, which is bigger than even the Steam Dock. It's uh, 2560 by 1600 screen resolution. It's got QHD+, 144Hz refresh rate. The processor is it goes up to from an AMD Ryzen Z1 to a Z1 Extreme, which by the way the Z1 Extreme has a benchmark of 86%. If that tells you anything, that's almost as crazy as your laptop, JD. Uh, and then also has 16 gigs of RAM. For the storage, you can go from 256, 512, one terabyte to two terabyte for a micro SD slot. And connectivity, this is actually interesting. Connectivity, you have Wi-Fi 6E as normal. You expect that Bluetooth 5.2, you have two USB-C outputs and you have the option for cellular data, 5G LTE, which is crazy. Wow. Yeah, uh, you have two, two W speakers. It runs Windows 11 Home. Uh, that's the main software it uses for all, all the games and stuff like that. For the power, you have a two cell, 49 watt hours, 900 milliamp controller battery. And then unlike the Steam Deck, the Joy-Cons are removable. Um, it also has a quiet mode and yeah, trust me with quad cooling fans, you're going to need that. <laughs> this thing is actually apparently pretty loud. Also, there is this one feature and I still don't understand it fully, but basically there's a kind of this placement, I forget what it's called. It comes with a device where you can put your, um, joy cons on and kind of move it. And it has these sensors on the bottom that move kind of like a mouse so that way it's a lot more adapted and easier, more efficient to use. Hmm. Um, and then, interesting about this, this comes separately, but it does, you can order headphones and then AR glasses. Which oh, is cool. crazy to me because there's been, as far as I know, there's no other console that even does that, uh, where you can utilize AR glasses. There's a whole bunch more to talk about this, but uh, the price for this is $700. Now, from just saying all that, do you think that that price is reasonable? I guess based on specs, yeah. Uh, it's kind of an interesting thing with Lenovo. When the rubber meets the road and you kind of get to their horsepower and processing and such like that, sometimes yeah. it makes you question. That's true. I mean, overall, it does look good. I just, I don't know. I feel I feel like it's something that we, sh we should have. Uh, something else to add to what Nintendo offers. And I, I will, we'll just skip PlayStation because I didn't even count. So this actually really does seem to <laughs> yeah. be the main competitor because I really can't tell what other product out there would compete with it. I mean, of course, like you said, the, the Steam Deck is there. And I, I think there's another handheld device out there as well. And I mean, anytime you kind of throw in stuff like AR and VR, it kind of makes you question how 
you know, effective. Yeah, how really valid And it true is. to form yeah. it's going to be. Yeah. So, I mean, that, that would obviously be another concern of mine. Um, but yeah, it really does kind of remind me of, or I guess if you want to put a play on words, like kind of like a PC switch of some sort. So, yeah, did they say when that, so that's already available or are they in pre-order stage right now? Uh, not yet. Uh, it's okay. available, I think, October 6th, if I'm not mistaken. Let me just check that just to okay. verify. October, yeah, in October 2023, sometime in there. Yep. Well, I mean, $700, that would probably be definitely something we'll have in our arsenal to test out. So oh, for uh, sure. we could yeah. certainly give some feedback on that once we get that in our hands and kind of game on with uh, Xbox Game Pass. So, <laughs> One more quick thing I forgot to mention. The glasses are 329 and the headphones are 50. Okay. Glasses make sense on that pricing. Yep. I feel like that really does need to be a little bit higher, especially if you were trying to push that type of quality. Mm-hmm. Um, cause if it's like 99 bucks, then that really would make you question <laughs> what the heck they're trying to do. Yeah, so. I know that tells you that. I mean, it's going to be pretty good comparison. To yeah. I mean, in things, theory, but... everything on paper kind of does look good. So I just, I'm, I'm always one of those skeptical people. You just that... have to see there's already reviews. I think yeah. um, people have already gotten their hands on it early. The insider but, reviews. Uh, yeah. Yep. Okay. So, yeah, it's, I'm really excited about this one. Not gonna lie. Yeah. Well, this next item we have here is eh, it's vintage Google. I'll just say that. So, okay. For those who know of this plan, Google has brought to life a way to pay for services and be part of a program that would allow you to upgrade to a new Pixel phone every two years, all for a monthly payment. Mm-hmm. Uh, the service includes YouTube Premium, cloud storage with Google One, and Google Play Pass. Well, as it seems that with one product or a plan after another, they are once again on the discontinued train here. Effectively, just recently on the 29th of August, the Pixel Pass will no longer be available. Uh, For those on the existing plan, you can still enjoy it while it lasts, but after two years from when your Pixel phone is shipped, you will not be able to renew the plan or upgrade to a new 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 phone through the Pixel Pass plan. So a bit of a bummer there because, um, one, this yeah. just kind of pulls out more doubt from within about how I feel of Google and their products. Sometimes they really, yeah. you know, go for the long haul. You can definitely tell there's some things that they've stuck with for quite a while. But other times it's like, what were you thinking and how come this wasn't thought out enough to continue on with it? I mean, we've we've seen this yeah. happen time and time again. I think the last one that got the act was uh, Stadia. Stadia, so, yes, that was it. yeah. And uh, now we're on to Pixel Pass, which I thought the idea was cool. Um, I don't remember. I think the pricing was a little interesting. So maybe that's why they decided to just kind of move on from that. But yeah, I'm not sure if you really thought that was worth going for anyway, but I felt like it was least nice to offer it. I don't know. I feel like if this did go actually pretty well, uh, you said the payment was kind of weird. But I feel like, if um, I yeah, it, it obviously it varied on what, you know, storage tier you had and such. Yeah. And so, yeah, I feel like you really need to have that, in my opinion, just because if you if you really want people to be able to unless they didn't really see a full like market following to it, then I guess that makes yeah. sense. But if it was doing OK, I don't see why they should have uh, 86 did. But I guess. Well, I mean, you know, there. I think uh, like you're saying, I think actually Apple does have a an iPhone upgrade program that they have on their own website. Um, So there's that too. And, but I don't think that incorporates any services though, because Apple one is separate from that upgrade program. So correct. Yeah. um, I don't know. I kind of thought this was a cool idea, but yeah, once again, it's just kind of Google saying, don't trust us. 
at least that's how I feel, but uh, you are still able to continue paying for those services at a discounted price. But uh, once you cancel, that's it, you're out. And uh, I wouldn't be surprised if Google started adding on fees at a later time to make those people just, you know, cancel to the regular pricing or whatever. Uh, so Oppo has just released the Find N3 Flip. And let me just start by saying this is a shot at OnePlus big time. I mean, they literally took the Hasselblad camera off of the 11 Pro and just straight up installed it right in the back of their Flip. And I'm going to be honest here. Yeah. I actually like the way this looks on the th- the Flip 3 more than the 11 Pro. It feels a lot more seamless and less in your face, if that makes sense. Uh, <laughs> I'm not going to go through a lot of the stuff about this particular phone, just the, yeah. the main updates. 50 megapixel Sony IMX 890 as the primary sensor, a 48 megapixel ultra wide sensor, and a 32 megapixel telephoto, as opposed to last year where there was just a 50 and an 8 megapixel. Uh, yeah. The two cameras. Uh, so it's a massive upgrade from last year. That's really good looking right there. Another thing is that as opposed to last year's model where you were only able to use widgets, Oppo is following suit of the other big names and allowing you to utilize other apps such as WhatsApp, X, formerly Twitter, Google Apps, Spotify, and Google Calendar. Um, yeah. Oppo has also stated that in the future they will be adding more apps for you to use on that outer display, which is great to hear. Uh, the outer display screen size is still the same, so really no change there. And yeah. as another slap in the face to OnePlus, they also added a slider, uh, alert slider button. <laughs> Just crazy. Oh, wow. I guess I missed that one. Yeah. yeah it's so funny. And you will find a charger in the box, <laughs> which something hardly any company does these days. Last year, Oppo took a jab at Samsung. This year, they took a massive stab to OnePlus. I mean, they just, they see errors in other companies and they're like, we can do better than that. Um, And I think they really did well. I haven't seen because they haven't released the public yet, but the event or whatever, at least I don't think there there was one because they usually wait about a month for um, it to be shown. Is that right? Or yeah. okay, that's typically how they do. I haven't seen anything in the news yet, so I'm guessing that's okay. what's going on. So yeah, so but I, I've seen some pictures because Oppo's actually released some uh, sneak peeks of what it looks like, and I just I love it. Um, I have really no issues with it. Obviously, no phone is perfect, but uh, from just yeah. a face value, uh, it looks really good. And I think there was mention of a rumored price being about the same as last year, which is kind of interesting if you think about it. Uh, which is like $1,132, I think. Um, And another thing to note is that they are still using the MediaTek Dimensity processor. Uh, However, this one is the 9200 version, uh, which apparently actually competes with the Snapdragon 8th Gen 2. So just wanted to make that clear. Or attempts to. (laughs) I guess it depends on, on, on the numbers, but yeah. Yep. Yeah, I kind of, I kind of got that feeling when the uh, price was the same. Uh, because yeah. I, if, if you do go to the Snapdragon, then you're probably going to see hundreds of a noticeable in. increase in price. Yeah, yep. something along sure. along those lines. But um, yeah, it, it's I, I saw that come out, and I there are some nice upgrades, uh, the slider, and they added on you know some more improvements to the camera. Yeah, I just didn't feel like it was, in my opinion, enough to actually make it a separate gen. I found, kind of felt like this was an incremental really? update. That, that's, that's just me. That's kind of how mm. I was looking at it. Okay. Maybe people view it differently. So 
And it really wouldn't surprise me to see a similarity when it comes to design from OnePlus and Oppo, just because they're both under BBK Electronics. But um, yeah, yeah, uh, I, I think the it just kind of makes me more excited for the OnePlus Open as far as the, the foldable. So yeah, um, and hopefully what what they come up with they uh, flip when the time comes. So which Absolutely. I'm hoping they have a better model name for the flip than they do for the fold because I just. <laughs> Uh, what's it going to be? The uh, OnePlus Open Flip? <laughs> I mean, how creative can you possibly yeah, not get? So, I know. But uh, now, just as a preface on this next topic, I'll throw a personal shout out to our mom. So, uh, mother, okay. get your hubby and have him listen in because he was actually asking about some of this. So, in past episodes, we've discussed various aspects about the NFL Sunday ticket. Uh, Mm -hmm. YouTube acquiring the rights, some of the updates they have made to accessibility, and so on. Uh, Well, they're back at it again with some added features, payment plans, and an option for the collegiate level. First, there are some features that they have implemented. Uh, One is multi-view options. So you can watch up to four games at once uh, come Sunday on one screen. So that's a little something nice to have. Cool, cool. if you feel like you could pay attention to four games at once. I can't, but cool. Um, (laughs) You can interact with uh, live chats and polls. So I'm sure there's definitely going to be some moderation on there and stuff like that. But um, (laughs) yeah, because you know how uh, competition gets. So I'm actually interested in the polls and such. Uh, And then with NFL shorts and key plays, you can actually see videos of highlights and game clips even before jumping in on the live game, just so you can kind of get caught up uh, on what you missed. So I felt like that was a nice little addition as well. Really good. So... I mean, I feel like they've really thought about this and trying to improve what they're offering and make it feel like more of a premium product than just, you know, oh, we acquired the rights from the NFL and we're just kind of trying to, you know, make it work and, and right. see what happens. Yeah. Uh, so, so for a first season iteration, I feel like they're they're on a, they're on a good pace here. So honestly, I think those futures are futures. I think those features are actually very viable. Um, I can yes. see a lot of people the interaction that would get. Um. I feel like that would also add a lot more users to want to actually watch uh, on because I mean you can you don't have to watch with a TV you can literally just watch it on your phone or whatever so on your phone uh, yeah a lot more accessible um, yeah I don't really have any problems with the features those are really good yeah I think I'm hoping as long as that uh, that uh, multi view is available on all devices uh, I'm yeah. looking forward to having that on my 65 inch because that would be absolutely amazing oh yeah. Um, <laughs> Absolutely. The next thing is that if you are attending an accredited college or university, you can jump in on a semi-sweet deal of Sunday ticket for a sizable discount, bringing okay. the ridiculously priced uh, original plan down from 400 to a more desirable 109 for the season. Dang. And I'm sure okay. you probably could even talk your parents into helping you out with the pricing, maybe, depending on... <laughs> If they didn't put it all into the college fund. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) But here's the rub. Student plans do come with their own set of stipulations and limitations in opposition to what the more pricey plan offers. So you are able to watch your regular Sunday afternoon games that are available through CBS and or Fox that aren't being locally broadcasted, which this includes nationally broadcasted games as well. So even... I feel like that's still nice for someone like her dad who misses nearly every Bills game and is stuck down here in the South. 
and then <laughs> sure. in addition, uh, quite similar to the $400 Prime Channel plan, you do not get pre or post season games. That is only offered if you are a YouTube TV subscriber. So that's pretty much why gotcha. you and I weren't watching preseason games is because we are only on the Prime Channel. Okay, that makes sense. Lastly, and here is really where the rubber meets the road, student plans do not offer the more desired ability to jump in on the family sharing feature. Uh, the student plan only mm. gives you the accessibility to be signed into one device at a time. And in essence, I mean, that's really what it was meant to be used for yeah. as such by a college student. So you can kind of understand where they're coming from. On that's that fair. Point. I understand. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, if you were hoping to utilize your daughter or son's student plan for nearly a quarter of the price, nope. you're, you'd be likely out of luck unless your kid is simply not a fan of the NFL. But um, <laughs> <laughs> so... I'm not sure if uh, any of that kind of rubbed you the wrong way, but I feel like it was kind of reasonable. No, not as much as previous things did where um, YouTube ca- kind of kept changing their policies and how you could do certain things. And they finally yeah. you know, uh, walked it back and made everything right again. Um, I mean, the whole student thing, I feel like that's fair. You're on your own. 109 yeah. bucks. I think that's okay. And you do lose on some of the big features, but that's like what? It's not that big of an impact. I mean, for, for a student going to college, I don't really think they're going to, you know. Yeah, I don't think they're really going to care that much as, as far as, you know, how they're using it at school. Um, yeah. I think you can even add on the red zone for like 10 extra bucks, which is not that bad when you kind of consider it. I feel like that's okay. Mm-hmm. Um now, I will say real quick, uh, for those who jumped in on the early bird special, uh, which were actually us, uh, we weren't actually privy to this knowledge, but YouTube is now offering the service to be paid for in the form of monthly payments over the stretch of four months. Oh. Uh, before I reveal the pricing, I want to note that this option isn't currently available in seven states uh, to act in compliance with local requirements. So okay. uh, real quick, I will just state those out, no pun intended, uh, New York, Minnesota, Georgia, Nevada, Missouri, New Jersey, and Tennessee. So we're free. Yay. <laughs> we are luckily out of that um, restriction. So good. With that clarified, for those who want the Prime Channel plan, it's $100 a month. If you want to tack on Red Zone package, that would be up to 110 And then YouTube TV subscribers, your pricing would be pretty much 75 and 85 for the respective plans. So uh, I feel like that's pretty good. a month, kind of stretching it out, not making it so one big lump charge in the beginning. And because I know that was kind of hard for us because we were trying to get all that, you know, (laughs) money together and and just pay for it. So it was a bit of a difficulty, but I kind of feel like if it was stretched out, it may be a little bit more doable uh, possibly Mm -hmm. next year uh, if if we consider to uh, renew it again. But um, that's virtually all there is. So, um, Dad, you can kind of go back to your wood shop or office or whatever. But uh, yeah, I don't know if you have any closing thoughts on that, Riley. No, not really. I'm glad they added that uh, monthly option. Uh, it really does lessen the blow on your uh, yeah. wallet there. Um, Absolutely. So yeah, that's really great though. Yeah, that's what I felt too. Uh, just kind of reading through and kind of seeing what they're trying. Like you were saying, I feel like they really made the sharp turn to improve what they had and kind of not make it feel like there was all these NFL restrictions that you just yeah. It was a little bit too unbearable. So uh, I, I, I could kind of sense that you were a little torn about that when we were first looking at it um, in was. the early stages of this. So, <laughs> yeah, I think Dad was too. So, 
But um, with all that being said, that just about wraps up our episode. But if you do have any suggestions or anything uh, and you're listening on YouTube or Spotify for that matter, you can always drop a comment or even just uh, ask a question as well. We try to check those out and kind of see what our listeners are kind of giving our feedback on. But uh, this is JD and Riley, and we will catch you guys in the next one. Peace out.